So one of my biggest worries when I got pregnant and I was very assertive to him with him and I said, if I never left you for me, I will leave you for our kids. I will not tolerate you mistreating me in any way in front of our daughter. Welcome to the Secret Life Podcast. Tell me your secret. I'll tell you mine. Sometimes you have to go through the darkness to reach the light. That's what I did. After 12 years of recovery in sex and love addiction, I finally found my soulmate, myself. Please join me in my novel, Secret Life of a Hollywood Sex and Love Addict, a four-time bestseller on Amazon. It's a brutal, honest, raw, gnarly ride, but hilarious at the same time. Check it out now on Amazon. Welcome to Secret Life Podcast. I'm Brianne Davis-Gant. Today, I will be pulling back the curtains of all kinds of human secrets. We will hear about what people are hiding from themselves and others. You know, the how, what, when, where, and why of it all. My guest today is Michelle. Now, Michelle, I have a question for you. Dun, dun, dun. What is your secret? As I was thinking about doing this interview and I was thinking about, you know, what I wanted to reveal that would make the biggest difference. And I just want to be really honest and transparent because I'm still dealing with it. And my secret would be that I'm still trying to protect my abuser. And... And it sounds so, I mean, when I say it out loud, it sounds so like horrible. And then somehow in my mind, I made it so okay. And who was your abuser? So the father of my kids. Oh, how long were you guys together? Yeah, for over a decade, we were together and um, I just became, without knowing, I was like in a, at the time when I met him, I was in a place where I was really uh, into my spirituality. Like I was knee deep in it, like you name it, meditation and fasting. And I'm at my highest point of my life where in like, as far as mine, soul and spirit, everything. And then I meet this, like what I thought was gorgeous man. And he, and he actually looked at me like he was like giving me all this attention. and, And I was like, I want more of that. And all of a sudden, this life that I worked so hard to create and have meant nothing if I wasn't having his attention or love or any of that. You know what I mean? And so, but not conscious of it. I could look back and see it. But at the moment, it was like, I just like this guy. Like, what's wrong with liking someone or being into someone? And he's into me. and, And I even left that life to follow him. Wherever he he would go, it was like, it became my life. So it's almost like you lost yourself in this person, it seems. Completely. So when did it turn? When did it turn? You know, for like for the better or for the worse? For the worse. I mean, it always starts good, right? Like it's this yeah. fantasy, this like perfect person. It's the person you've been looking for. Do you remember if you look back now, that moment where you're like, it turned, something turned? Let's see. Um, So I would get red flags here and there, but I was like, no, like. What were those red flags? So he was just really honest about where he was. Like 
I don't want a serious relationship. I, I, um, I don't do long distance. You know, I, I can't be faithful if I do long distance. And Eve, it's almost like the more he would say his truth, the more I would like mold myself into what would work for him. So he's like, I, if so, he would say, I don't do long distance and I can't be faithful if I'm long, long distance. So then my, my, my brain would go, well, then the, the solution to that is that I move where he lives so that I, he is faithful to me and that we are together. So from the outside looking in, it was re- really clear to people that I like they would ask me, well, what about your career? What about all the work you've been putting in to what you're up to? And, you know, having an independent life. And and I, and I just didn't care about that because I thought, well, if, if I found someone that I love and I want to be with, like, isn't this what you do? Like you you basically make it work. Right. Like you, right. you, nego- you, you, um, what is the word? It's not negotiate. You sacrifice. Yeah. Sacrifice is what I did. But you think it's compromise, but then you actually sacrificed a part of yourself. Right. That's exactly right. And so then I ended up testing moving there and he, he literally became in like you enraged with the fact that I was trying to move where he was and and um, trying to make it work. And I was like, well, if someone that wants to be with me would be happy about this, but he wasn't, he was like, no, you're forcing me into a commitment. (laughs) And so it was so confusing to me because I was thinking I was taking the steps to make this relationship work based on the information that I was given. And then at the second I would take action, I was punished for it. Oh, mm-hmm. and so you moved there and it, it did it just like escalate? Would no, be- I never ended up moving there. I actually oh. didn't because he, he got so scared. He was so afraid of commitment. That's the part he wasn't willing to acknowledge. He was making it that I was the problem because I wasn't living there because I was somewhere else. And the second then he was like, I can't do this. But he, he still remained like kept looking for me. And next thing you know, um, we ended up making it work long distance and being together. Was, it served him. So this is the other part. So this is how deep it went as far as losing myself. So yes. because he couldn't be faithful, right? He had an issue with being faithful. So then I thought, well, if you can't beat them, join them. I will join his fantasies of, of being with the other women. And he oh. was like, it's almost like I got his complete attention. Like, oh, she's willing to do that with me. Like every guy's dream you know like being with two women at the same time or having a girl that and I had been in a relationship with a woman before so I was into women myself so but you know if I were to be honest I was doing it for him so I thought oh this will resolve the issue of him being not, not being faithful but do you see how deep that is it's like wait a minute if someone doesn't want to be faithful and you still want to be with him like something is wrong with you not with him you know? Yeah. It's, it's like this thing that you, you so desperately wanted this unavailable person to love you mm-hmm. when mm-hmm. in, in sense you weren't loving yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so completely. This went on a very long time. So did these, once you guys, you did start like living in the same city and together, right? Yeah. And even though we were technically on paper living in the same city, I was still, you know, working in a different state. And so I would have to leave and, you know, we were still long distance. And I think it was like five years into it where he finally followed me where I was, where I started putting my foot down, like, sorry, this doesn't work for me. Like, you know what I, 
it's fine if you don't want to do that. That's just not what I want. And the more that I kept putting my foot down with, with things, the more he wanted to come to me and mm. go where I was and do what I wanted to do. I didn't understand why that was happening or like, I see it now I was setting boundaries, but, um, so the, he wanted to be with me a lot more and pursue me and make it work with me. And then it just got to a point where I actually reconnected with some of my, because I like I said, I isolated myself because I wasn't going to tell my friends like how I was losing myself or this guy who was like, treat me not how I should be treated. And so I reconnected with some of those male friends. And then what I realized, the contrast of how good I was being treated by these friends of mine who were not who I was not sleeping with then the man who I was with quote unquote in relationship with was so huge that I was like it woke me up to what am I doing like how am I being treated better by these guys that I know my whole life than by the, the man that supposedly loves me and so it just woke me up and I completely like stopped the relationship I said I'm sorry I can't I can't do this anymore and so you so broke it off. I broke it off five and a half years in, and I was really strong in that. And he was literally turning himself inside out to be with me again, make it work and realizing that this X, Y, and Z. And I thought, wow, maybe he, it is like, he seemed very sincere. Like, well, maybe he does feel remorseful. Maybe he is sorry. And maybe he realized he's like lost the best thing ever. I always thought that's like <laughs> what we think. We're like, I taught him. He's 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 a different person. <laughs> yeah, like I, I changed him, you know, like I totally changed this guy. And so there was this these these, these like leadership development training that we ended up doing and that he actually um, joined with me. and in that in within that container he he basically well I, the part that I didn't say got like we started doing all these like you know being with other women threesomes and that kind of stuff and then it got also physical where he was physically abusive mm. and so um so not only so all of that basically that was where I, where I was coming from then to be with my friends who completely would do anything for me without wanting anything in return and, and just being so welcomed and loved was like, oh my God, what a contrast, right? It woke me up. Here's my th question for you. Did you tell anybody he was physically abusive to, towards you or was that a secret in itself? I did say like, for example, one time I called his sister because it got so bad. I called his sister. And so his sister knew that it happened, but she thought it was like a, like a, like a single, like one event, like a one-off thing. Yeah. And that it would never happen again. And he was just, you know, under the influence or something. No, I'm just going to ask you a really specific question. So our listeners yeah. can understand, did he blatantly hit you or was it a grab you push you situation? I just, if, if you're comfortable. Yeah. No, I am actually, I am. Um, so yes and no. So it would be, it would, oh, it was always around like when we were drinking, like if we were going, we were out at a party or like we, we were one time in New York and it, and it was pride. And I remember we were just, you know, in the parade and it was so much fun and we were drinking. And then next, you know, you know, I felt insecure about something and I, and I had an intuition that he was texting someone and then it would escalate like that. And next thing you know, that one incident, he, I don't remember cause I blacked out. I just remember opening my eyes 
oh, what it seemed like that I had opened my eyes and I had blood in my face and a woman was asking me, why did he do that? And I, I was like, what happened? Do what? I didn't know what had happened. And she oh. was like, he just hit you and left. And I was like, the last thing I remember is him trying to uh, take his phone away from me. That's the last thing I remember. And the next thing is that woman saying, why did he hit you? And so I was like bleeding. And I remember thinking, oh my God, where did he go? Like, I just wanted to know where he was. Yeah. You didn't, you didn't even a thought of like, maybe I should take care of myself. You just wanted to know where he was. Exactly. I just Mm. was like, what happened? I wanted, I, I wanted to know like, what happened? What did you do? So then I called his friend that was with us that had just left. I wasn't, I wasn't, um, I just didn't know what had happened. And then she couldn't even believe it herself because that's not the persona that, that's not who people knew, right? And so she she was even questioning me, are you sure he was the one that did it? Maybe it was another guy. And then made me question me, right? I was like, well, yeah, right? And so then that's when my sister found out and my sister was livid, like, about the whole thing. So that was like one big incident with more than a couple of people than I wanted found out. And I was really ashamed because I never left him after that. I still stayed with him. He said he was going to go to counseling and he took one session and that was it. And, and then he would say, yeah, therapy's not for me, you know, that kind of thing. Yes. And so I was just so afraid to lose him that I just didn't care. I was like, okay, well, if it doesn't work for you, that's fine. Something else would work for you, right? Like I just would make excuses for him, not knowingly. Like I thought, I really thought like, well, I don't want to push him. Like maybe this is, he's never done therapy. Like, and I'm saying this because if someone's listening to me, they are making the same excuses and they, they think it's okay. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's not okay. And if someone is not putting your best interest at heart, like if they don't genuinely care about you, like you're in the wrong relationship and you should really be looking at why you're okay with those kinds of things, you know? So let's, let's, what happened for you to finally make the choice to leave? What was it? What was that moment for you? When I was like after 10 years, I mean, yeah. Oh yeah. So fast forward to this whole thing we got back together because we did these trainings that I thought had changed him or and me and we were both looking at each other like brand new people right I was like we can start from scratch we can start from like new blank new canvas you know that whole spiel and then um next thing you know I was like I hated him even more and I didn't understand why I was like, there's something wrong with me. I just did these trains. How do I hate this guy more? I realized I was pregnant. I was hormonal and pregnant. So I got pregnant with our first child. And, um, so we went through that. And so then you get all these extra, you know, fantasies of like family and family, the white picket fence. It's going to be so great. So I was like, wow, we're, we're fine. And he, he, he actually, he, we were on our way to get, to get engaged. And I, we found out I was pregnant first. Then we got engaged. So I was like living that fantasy of like the ring. And like, finally, like, I felt like my nervous system had completely calmed down. Like I have his ring and I'm having his baby. Like I'm, this is it. Like, I have it all. Like I have everything that I've wanted. And so I'm okay if we don't get married yet because, you know, all these excuses. And then um, we have our first kid and then 
six months after having our first child, I get pregnant again. Like, <gasps> you did. Oh my God. That's a lot. That's a lot on a woman. Two and so babies back that to quick? back, back to back. And, you know, we're both, you know, obviously first time parents. And then, um, we, we, we hadn't even established a, a healthy foundation of what a new relationship would look like, right? We just had to come out of all of this abuse and betrayal and blah, blah, blah. And we're trying to now figure it out with kids. And so my whole focus as any mom goes into the ch- the children. I'm yes. now nursing two children. And, um, and then he's like trying to make it work with like providing and then all these things that he had never anticipated were happening would happen for him also were happening. And it was just like, we're just trying to figure it out. And then the verbal abuse, the the physical abuse stopped completely, but the verbal abuse, the like financial abuse, like Mm. started to happen. And I didn't understand that there's were such thing as financial abuse. I just understood verbal abuse. Right. So can you explain to our listeners what financial abuse is? I'm still trying to understand it myself and all transparency, but just basically con- they control you with money. Like mm. they're the breadwinners you're not. And, um, it's like, it's convenient for them that you don't become financially independent because now they can't control you. So one of my biggest worries when I got pregnant and I was very assertive to him with him. And I said, if I never left you for me, I will leave you for our kids. Mm. And I will not tolerate you mistreating me in any way in front of our daughter because we had our first kid was a girl. And he said, I, I, I understand. I, I will never do that. You have my word. That's not the father that I want to be. And so I believe that. Right. Right. What other choice do I have? And when um, obviously when the everything would get so heightened with frustration and responsibilities, guess what? He, he would lash out. He would say mean things. And I thought, well, she's a baby. She doesn't understand, again, the excuses. Mm-hmm. But when she became, um, then we had our, the second girl, our second girl, we had two girls. And so it's like two girls. Now, this is the man that they're going to model to love. Oh, yeah. And I had to ask myself, and then coming from in a, like a, a green race in a home of also domestic violence, and seeing the man that my mom, and this is, and obviously I love my father, but see, I, I was like, I'm not going to repeat the pattern and they deserve more. And so when he started not only being verbally abusive to me in front of them, but then he started telling them things about me in front of me, I was like, uh, uh-uh. uh, this, like, this is where I draw the line. Do you remember that specific thing he said where it was like, yeah, uh-uh. he was just, he was just, he was just telling the girls because when he would get really like upset or frustrated about something, I would just remove myself from the situation because first of all, talking to someone who is frustrated and mad about something, it's like talking to the wall, right? There's nowhere you're not going to resonate with that person or reason. And so I would just say, you know what? I think it's best that you guys have a day to yourselves and I'm just going to walk, you know, stay home and you guys have a fun day. And then he, he would tell them, see, your mom doesn't want to spend time with you. Your mom doesn't want to hang out with you. Your mom doesn't like that. Like, and so instead of me defending myself, I would just walk away and leave. 
And then he followed me to the bathroom and then with our little one in, the, in his arms and he was knocking on the, uh, at the door. I went to the bathroom literally to just cool off. Like, and then he yeah, that's where again. I go to cool off too. Whenever I'm mad, I go to the bathroom. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. Somehow the cold floor or something. And the yeah. Lodge. Just sitting down and like <laughs> yeah. by yourself in the cold bathroom, but go ahead. I just had to share. That's where I go yeah. to. And he was in, he was knocking at the door saying, so are we leaving? What's going to happen? And I just stayed quiet. And he said, see, your mom doesn't want to hang out with you. She's not even answering. She's ignoring you. She's basically saying to them, I don't care. And you might think, well, what's wrong with that? What's so wrong with that? Right. He wasn't cussing. He wasn't. But then I thought if he's starting here now where this will end up is going to be worse. And that's not where I don't even want to find out what that would be. No, I actually think that's where I think it's bad. I know like other people might not, but that's not the truth. And he's telling that to your young daughter. And that's the Mm -hmm. message she's receiving is that mommy doesn't want to hang out with me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I agree. That is a, a huge red flag that would bother me as a mother too. Yeah. I mean, it bothered me, but because I was in the abusive, like I was a what I'm, the reason I'm saying that is because a, a person right now listening that's in that situation probably made an excuse of why that's not bad. Why would somebody like me attract a guy like that? And so, and then also being responsible for the, the state of being that I want to be in, no matter who's being what outside of me. So if he wanted to be an a-hole, that didn't dictate the fact that I was going to have a shitty day, right? So I was like, it, it was almost like I was in a training field of I'm going to become stronger as a result of you being an asshole to me. Right. Right. And thank you. But I had to come to a, like, I didn't want to leave the relationship angry. I did not. I wanted to walk away knowing that I, that I gave everything and I did my own work. And so when he would be whoever he wanted to be, I would literally tell myself, okay, well, how do you want to be? How do you want to feel today? What is it? What kind of day do I want to create? My day doesn't get to be what he says. It gets to be what I say. And I get to teach my girls that they are in control of their emotions at all times. Right. And so that was like the example I wanted to set for them. And at the same time, I don't need to take that kind of abuse. You know what I mean? Like I had to. So I finally, I finally left. I I left and I didn't leave him. I just left on a trip. We would travel Uh, because I wasn't sure that I would be strong enough to leave him. So I wouldn't say anything. This this is a journey that I walked myself through on my own. I wouldn't talk to anybody about it. I had many, many times I wanted to literally just pack and leave and be angry and leave. And I was like, nope, I'm not going to leave angry. I'm going to leave in peace. And then one day I, I literally left And when you, again, when you leave something and you could see the contrast of how good your life is out without them, you're like, what am I, it wakes you up. Like, what am I doing? And eventually, like, I just, he would call and he's like, is everything okay? Are we okay? And then I was like, you know what? I'm just not inspired to love you like that anymore. Like I, you're the father of my kids and I love you forever. We will be great partners and co-parents like I know that I just I'm not inspired you inspired to love you romantically anymore and he couldn't believe it wow wow so who do you think 
benefited from this secret that you're holding that you protected your abuser or who did it harm? Um, well, definitely myself. Um, I was the, the one that, um, you know, really paid for it. And, and at some level, my kids, you know, for the time that we were together, because they didn't get the best of me, they got the me that was like, in survival mode, you know, um, just, uh, I could, because so then my trauma, so then, then, okay, so obviously I have the trauma that I've experienced as a child. And now I'm in a relationship that's triggering that trauma. What I learned was that I would dissociate, I would check out, I would like, I was not at the, my peak performance level because I was in constant, like, I'm not good enough. Something's wrong with me. What, 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 how am I not making this work? You know, why am I with a guy like this? And then, you know, the verbal abuse of like, you know, you're not smart enough. You, you don't know this or, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. How does someone operate in that? And it was just a very hostile environment. Well, it seems like when you're even describing that you're in survival mode. So when you're in survival mode, you're not the best of you because you're just trying to survive your circumstances. Yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. So how do you, how do you move forward now in the future? Now that you are letting go of this secret, letting go of holding the secret that this guy you cared about and people love liked him and you kept it Mm -hmm. from him that he was abusing you. How do you move forward in the future? So what's happening now and, um, is basically I've completely separated myself from this person and uh, we're now in a legal custody battle for, for our kids. And um, I mean, I remember just even filing against him. I was in the, it was at the attorney's office, like literally shaking mm. and crying. I was like, Oh my God, I'm still trying to protect him. You know, cause now it's like, this is my, I want my, you know, he's, cause he's a great dad. He really is a great dad. And, uh, but he's just not a great partner. And so I don't get to punish him as a father because he's, he's not, he doesn't know or hasn't chosen to be a great partner. Right. Like I really want to be conscious of that. And so in, in, um, in this whole process, he's taking the, the, I'm, I'm taking the high road and he's not, let's just say that. And so my attorneys are asking me, you know, do you, they're saying, what if he comes back? They asked me everything about a relationship and I was very honest. And then they said, okay, well, do you want to take the high, you want to take the high road, right? And I said, yes. And then they said, well, what if he comes back with something on you? And then I said, well, then, then I'll consider it then. But even then you, I, I really want you to ask me, I'm not after this guy. This is the father of my kids. And I said, because one day my daughters will read, they will, if they want to, they will read everything that was said in court. And I want them to know that all I did was stand up for myself and they'll see who really was a predator here. Right. Wow. And so and and just karmically, I know that it's just the best choice. And that's that's how I want to roll. And they basically said, if you said he was abusive, you'll immediately have custody. And I'm just not that's not what I want. That's not what I want. And so how I want to move forward is with my basic with my own values and what feels right in my heart. 
and um, choosing the high road. And because we all have a God that one day we'll have to answer respond to. to. Answer yep. to. Exactly. And whatever he gets to answer to his God or his universe, whoever, whatever he calls it, will be between him and his and God. And what I get to answer to, I will have the lightest heart. And I just want my daughters to also live by that and by those standards. Like we don't get to be revenge, you know, um, live in revenge or live in like with heavy hearts. We don't get to do that. You know, forgiveness is everything. And even after everything he's ever done, like this was all, this is part of my story. And I will be a better mother, a most amazing human being because he was in my life. And so that's how I'm choosing to walk away and move forward. And, um, and as I'm learning, you know, the legal system, I'm like, there's so much that I've gotten as a result of this relationship. Like, I mean, just my two kids alone, like how can I hate What a blessing. Right. So you're looking at the positive of it and you're not going to go into this next stage in your life, holding revenge and hate for this person that abused you. No, not at all. And I promise you, we're going to be on the other side and we're going to be the best of friends and great co-parents. And, um, and this is just part of my walk and the part of his walk. And that's, I trust that in my heart. Oh, that is such a beautiful story. Thank you so much for being on today. Truly. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And, um, I hope this helps somebody out there too. Yes. You know, I'm not on the other side of it completely. And yet I, I will tell you that it feels closer than ever. And um, the closer that I, I just basically voice my truth of what my st- moral standards are and, and how I want to show up and the legacy that I want to leave, not only for my kids, but just for women in general and how to live from a place of responsibility all the time. It's just, you know, it feels really, really good. Good. Well, thank you for coming on and thank you guys for listening. If you want to be on the show, please just email me at secretlifepodcast at iCloud.com. And until next time, bye. Thanks again for listening to the show. Please subscribe, rate, share, or send me a note at secretlifepodcast.com. And if you like to check out my book, head over to secretlifenovel.com or Amazon to pick up a copy for yourself or someone you love. Thanks again. See you soon.